was born a poor black child in the Brewster housing projects of San Diego, California. But baby, you better work. Look at me now. As the original supermodel of the world, I've had all my dreams come true. And now, it's time for me to share the love. I'm looking for America's next drag superstar. Thousands apply, but only nine have been invited to compete for the crown. And as beautiful as these dolls are, it's not always going to be pretty. Maybe I just don't get it. We don't need this pressure. <laughs> so much to me. Whether they're putting it together backstage... I'm going to have to put my balls behind my freaking body today. Strutting their stuff on the runway... It looks like you're ready to give a $20 hand job. We're facing the ultimate challenge. The time has come for you to lip sync for your life. about this extended opening of season one it is this necessary context that we have for drag race it's this this context that we don't need ever again you know what i mean it's like let me set this up this is what it's all about and then every season after that is referential of this point yeah it reminds me of like a tyra banks it all being about tyra and being like Tyra mm -hmm. and you know deifying her in America's Next Top Model and it it being like I'm the the I'm the one that you want to be like so right. I'm gonna start a competition where you have to you know be like me and model everything after me and it yeah. it's interesting because at this stage in RuPaul's career she kind of has fallen out of uh, the spotlight yeah yeah like before this she was just RuPaul like uh, not mm -hmm. just RuPaul but she was she's not doing much she had kind of dipped out and wasn't really doing much and that's an interesting point i hadn't it's thought when she about. got sober right uh yeah yeah and she yeah she kind of like got her life together and i think she kind of stepped away from things for a while yeah um and i hadn't really thought about that but that's true is that this first season is very much about here's how you can become like me and but when you think about later seasons i don't i mean season nine i don't think it's it's about you becoming your own star right you know right, but right. this is like here this is how you're going to learn to be like me yeah and the kids the kids mm. uh the, the queens uh even as the the series progressed uh didn't we're like oh no this is what i do this is right. my type of drag right well i am a, i am doing in drag i am in drag rue right. you know right um which I, I is an interesting kind of change but yeah this whole this whole pilot of the pilot uh yeah. is set up uh, with RuPaul talking about herself. Uh, it's interesting. Uh, it's interesting. And w my point that I was trying to make before is that um, she 
she's kind of coming back into the spotlight right. and she needs to kind of rebrand herself and be like, well, I'm the one. I am the drag queen. Right, right. And she has to teach an audience on Logo, mm-hmm. essentially, who they're probably going to sell this to. Uh I am I am the one. I this I'm the one to do this competition. There's no other drag queen out there that would do this. Right. There's no other household name. There's exactly. no one else that's that's known the way I am. And in some ways season 1 it really is RuPaul's school for girls. There right. really is that element in a way that isn't even really necessary in later seasons. I mean, you look at I mean, we don't even have to jump to season nine. You go to, uh, like, season three. Yeah. You have a queen like Raja. Right. She doesn't need this kind of guidance. No. She just needs a format in which to become larger. Yeah. No, and I totally hear you. I totally hear you. Uh, and what's interesting about you, that you mentioned Raja is that he was the makeup artist on America's Next Time. That's <laughs> right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's. I mean, there's something about this this first season set of girls that is, I mean... In some ways, I mean, there are some real legends here. I mean, Nina Flowers is a fucking legend. But some of these other girls, they wouldn't get through the front door of later seasons. I mean... Uh, is that fair to say? Yeah, I mean... I, they, I mean, what, what I think is fascinating, and we'll get into this in the episode and as we go through this season, because there's only nine episodes. Yeah. Um, as we go through it, I mean, they're doing everything. They are. And when I say there are queens who wouldn't get through the front door, I mean there's a queen who showed up in jeans. That's all. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> like... <laughs> Bitches, I'm back! <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, really? It's it's such a... It's a really interesting mix, and I'm, I'm excited, because this, this episode we're really going to be getting to know these queens. It's really what this is about, is really establishing this cast of characters. And what's so interesting that I hadn't really given credit to until rewatching it was the variety that there really is in season one. I think in the past, I'd kind of always glossed over and said, oh, they're all kind of just one brand of queen, but it's... <laughs> Old. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Old. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's definitely, it is, um, it is an interesting cast of characters, and I cannot wait to dive in. There is... There is so much about this season. Obviously, we've watched the whole season, so I and I'm not gonna like jump the boom boom gun, uh, you know. And by the way, the power of Gia Gun. We can talk about season one, and we're still referring to Gia yeah, Gun quotes, Gia right? Gia Gun, right? But uh, I, there are there are Act One guns in the series of Drag Race that are established in season one. You know what wow. I mean? There are things that we see set up. And that's what I'm so excited about doing this season. Is there are these ideas and these tropes and these characters that set things up that we see happen nine seasons later you know yeah and so you know call that a deep tease we will be getting to some of those but especially coming right off of season nine there are things that happen this season that are setting the groundwork for things that happen in season nine yeah i'm really excited to to venture through this season with you and our marys i just want to remind our marys that if you have not seen season one that's okay we will fill you in help you out as much as possible. We're basically going to be pulling from season one as a source mm-hmm. material to kind of talk about bigger things. Right. Um, so just listen up, listen closely. And if you follow us on Twitter at all right, Mary, uh, we'll certainly be posting uh, pictures and clips and things. If uh, we reference them during uh, the podcast. Yeah. And also just to know if you really do want to watch along, we've got a, a pretty reliable source. You just got to email us at all right. Mary podcast at gmail.com or drop us a direct message on Twitter and we will help a sister out. So 
don't be shy. All right. Well, Colin, I guess we should tell our listeners what they're listening to. I guess, I guess we should. This is, of course, another episode of All Right, Mary. All Right, Mary. All Right, Mary. All right. Which is our podcast dedicated to all things Drag Race, the world of Drag Race, and the paradigm that RuPaul has created with this little TV show. I'm Johnny. And I'm Colin. And I just want to uh, point out that we are in season two of All Right, Mary. This is officially season two. All right, Mary. And if you haven't noticed different sounds in your ears, we have upgraded our sound. Uh, I'm using my music education degree and putting it to good use and figuring out how to uh, engineer some sound here. So we got some good... Uh, equipment or some different equipment. So if you, you know, if you gave us some feedback before about wanting um, different sound or wanting to, to, to us to get it fixed, please follow up with us. Let us know if uh, if we're doing our job, if it's better, mm-hmm. especially if you left one on iTunes. Uh, if you want to update that review, Mary, that would be fabulous. Ain't mad at um, it. We're not mad at it. We actually really appreciate the feedback because yeah. it... Um, it, it, to be perfectly honest with you, and Colin's going to kill me for bringing this up, but like this has been something that we've been talking about for a year, uh, the sound quality of our podcast and how we, we you know, we want to make it better and how can we make it better? Uh, we're so cheap. We're so poor. But, you know, we finally bit the bullet and we got some better equipment. And uh, if you would be so kind as to let us know what you think about it, it would greatly help and validate the arguments that we've been having for a year. So to incorrectly quote our squirrel friends, Amanda and Nick, we hear you. Honka, honka. Honka, honka. Well, I think the other <laughs> thing that was really encouraging about... <laughs> Colin just squeezed like a, a, a horn a in the air. A fake horn. I, I can't honk without it. But it like it. a breast. <laughs> I'm assuming that's how it's done. Um, I haven't done that since, you know, since my nursing days. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so I don't really know what I'm doing. Oh, I'm so embarrassed right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm owning it. Um, you know, the other thing that was really encouraging about us stepping up our sound game, especially in the last week or so, but but certainly over the course of season nine, but I don't know what it was in the cosmos last week or so. We've gotten so much great feedback and people reaching out and posting stuff on Twitter and oh, emails. Yeah. Like, I think it's I mean, and this isn't to like, you know, you know, get ourselves off in the mirror here. I'm just saying that, like, it means a Ooh, lot. To there goes my shirt <laughs> up <laughs> over my head. What's that? Oh, there's that line. I can't oh even think my. of it. There's that line of looking so good. Oh, I was looking so good. <laughs> I had to touch myself. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so not to be that, but um, you know, it it really means a lot. And like the feedback that we've gotten of people who are like, "Oh my god, like this gets me through my commute. Like this makes me see the show in a different oh way. This it, is how I want to hear people talk if, about the you show." You know what? If we can't gush enough via email, uh, we're gonna. That's why we're doing this right now. Like. Mm-hmm. It it really motivates us to a want to make the sound better. Yeah. To b record on a Friday night, right, or right. a Sunday afternoon. Uh, to c do better research. To to spend more time editing. Um. To to write those emails, and uh, that's the whole point. That that was the whole point of starting this podcast in the first place was to connect with people about drag race and have conversations about drag race yeah. and the world of drag and the paradigm that RuPaul has created with his little TV mm. show. Um. B- uh. In conversations in ways that we felt were meaningful yeah. and, and important. Yeah. And and to know that we're accomplishing that and we're like 
giving people something of value it's like oh okay well then let me step up my game and really give you something of value yeah and like not (laughs) because i totally get the frustration that people are probably having of like well i have to turn down my volume when johnny's talking then i have to turn it up when colin's talking and it's like you're just doing hopscotch for 90 minutes it's like okay all right all right mary you deserve better marys (laughs) all right Mary. all right mary all right mary all right mary um speaking of marys uh we should have a moment of appreciation you like me you really like me this is a segment from season one, um, early Miss Bliss years. Our Miss Bliss years, yeah. Um, moment of appreciation. Um, this past Wednesday, Colin and I went to Sasha Velour's monthly show, Nightgowns. Ugh, this is like why I moved back to New York. Like <laughs> at this point, I, I I don't even know if I should stay. I mean, <laughs> like I'm done. You know what I mean? Like done. Leave. Yeah, I'm just gonna go back to Sacramento and get my old apartment back. Oh God. Um, well, <laughs> we wanted to wakes up screaming. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we wanted to uh, give a moment of appreciation for a queen. Two queens. Oh, well, two queens, but especially especially one Mm -hmm. um, that has a little bit of fame that actually, sheepishly, I didn't know about until people told me about her oh, at I, Nightgowns. I knew. I mean, thanks to Reddit, I had I had picked this up. But So I the queen's name is Vander Von Odd. Ugh. And so, Colin, who's Vander Von Odd? So Vander Von Odd is, I believe she's an L.A. queen, and she just won the first, uh, I guess, season of Dragula, which is uh, run by the Boulay brothers, which is a, sort of a... a I think it was described as like Drag Race meets Fear Factor. Okay, so like Sharon Needles started. Yeah, it's like it's some it's some spooky <laughs> shit. I don't know much about it, but I think it's this idea. There, there's a there's a darker weren't those, tone to weren't it. Weren't our friends saying outside that like they have to eat bugs and stuff? Yes, yeah. There's, there's you know, I'm gonna pass, mm. uh, or at least tell me when those episodes are over. Right. I just don't get. I don't. That type of spectacle doesn't um, attract me. Yeah, I don't even want to watch the mini challenge from season two where they're like eating, you know, chicken or what. Like, I don't need to see Morgan McMichaels throw up in a bucket. Like, what does that have to do with drag? Yeah. But, um, yeah, so Vanderbilt Odd won the first season of Dragula, and we certainly saw why. Oh, we certainly saw why. She... Uh, she lip synced to a version of I Am What I Am from the musical La Cage aux Folles. Mm. And uh, I didn't say it with a, an obnoxious French accent. Yeah, thank so. you. Croissant. Yeah. <laughs> La Cage aux Folles. Yeah. Um, and um, she lip synced to that. Um, and partway through like the verse, she pulled out this sign that she wore around her head that said fag. Yeah. F-A-G. Um, <clears throat> and she's, you know, she moved to the center of the stage and as most people know about nightgowns is that nightgowns uses um, digital projections Mm -hmm. onto the stage and onto the queens and she will i have a clip of it and i will certainly send it so check that on on at all right mary um it is absolutely stellar and so powerful i won't give it away i don't think we should give it away colin no no i mean and it's there's no way we could really capture how powerful it was like it was this whole audio, visual, so many things were going on. There was such a story being told. It was, I mean, I, it's kind of like, if you like Sasha Valore, you're going to fucking love Oh, this. and that's, you know, and that's why I wanted to give this moment of appreciation for her because going to drag shows that feature non-Rue girls yeah. and non-mainstream you know mainstream drag artists, you're, you're reminded that there are Queens doing fucking awesome shit. Yeah. They're producing. They were sewing. They are performing their fucking hearts out and getting paid 
an eighth of the cost, you know, and right. and we'll talk about that later. Yeah. But um, it just reminded me, you know, Sasha Valore isn't alone in that she's doing cool things with drag and 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 yeah. smart things with drag. Mm-hmm. And that's what I really like about nightgowns and what I was so excited about. And Vander Van Odd was certainly one of the highlights of of the review because it is it's this reminder uh, that it's not just the 114 girls who've been on Drag Race. Like, right. that's not all drag is. And I think it's so easy to kind of, similar to like pageant queen, it's similar to use the term local queen pejoratively. as like, mm. oh, it's just a local, queen. local queen. What's right. she going to do? And it's like right. a local queen. I mean, th- this, if, 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 I mean, Vandermann Odd, I think at this point has probably stepped into oh, a different realm not, at this point. Yeah. But I mean, other there were other queens that night who were, uh, particularly notable as well. One that I think we were both uh, gagged by. I'll, s- I'll I'll post a a video or a picture of this uh, as well. Um, in, uh, Queen's name was Tyler Ashley, and uh, <laughs> I'm gonna stumble over you know pronouns, but I'm just gonna use she because it's easier. Um, but you know there's nothing wrong with she. Uh, she did a lip sync to Bjork's "I Miss You," mm. and it was everything I want from a drag yes. performance. Yeah. It was so powerful. I, I, I've been listening to that song on repeat since that night. Oh, And wow. just thinking about that. It was so, it, I mean, talk about a last chance lip sync. This is a yeah. brilliant song to lip yeah, sync to. Totally. And it was just such a, an emotional and uh, committed. And also there was an element to it that felt unrehearsed, that she was just out there channeling something. It, it was, there was an element to it, again, which is was a, a through line, I think, with all of the, uh, the performances at nightgowns is that there was an element of art that yeah. was being made. That yeah. It was not just a shtick about I'm a man in a dress or I have a penis. Sure, there was a lot of we penis. did see that. We yeah, saw we it. saw that. Anka anka. So, uh, but and that's I, that that's what I loved so much about Tyler's performance is that there was I. It, I was no longer watching a drag artist. It seemed. Yeah, yeah. It it was. Um, yeah, I wasn't. E- that's why I kind of when I introduced, like, it just I, transcended this idea of gender, right? Yeah, just, that's I why was I was kind of stumbling on it. I was just watching this person just evoke this thing that this this like, just this really interesting like visual story and movement, and it was just. Uh, I know which is such a proje- pretentious way to talk about it, but like I think if you're gonna go to nightgowns, you have to just let yourself be pretentious, or else you're not gonna enjoy it. Oh, because okay, yeah. There's some. I mean, that's one thing I will say about nightgowns, which was interesting. It was an extended. I mean, I think there are people who really don't don't like Sasha's thing, you right. know, and like I feel like it's too heavy. Feel like it's too social justice corner. Feel like it's too, you know, all of that. And I kind of feel Righteous. like it, yeah. And if you feel that way, I don't know if you would like nightgowns because it really is about these. Yeah, you're not gonna hear Beyonce. Yeah, and and you're gonna get these big heavy Beyonce. ideas. And She's my bae. Oh, is she? Mm-hmm. Oh, did oh. you hear Blue Ivy rapping? No. Oh, Mary, look up Blue Ivy raps. It's. <laughs> I mean, you're just like, oh, great, you're a tr- you're a child prodigy. Really? Yes. Really. All right, Mary. All right, I'll check it out. Um. Yeah. I mean, it was something that I I could I could sense my own judgment coming up of like, oh. Like these have like you know Sasha kind of introducing we're you know we're all here in a space of beauty and rest and I could roll I my eyes that. at that if I wanted to but I but I didn't because you were with me Mary because if you rolled your eyes I would have ripped them out of your side no. <laughs> <laughs> 
Tina, bring me the axe. Um, you know, no, I, I, um, it was, I could sense that part of myself and it was like, well, what's that about? Like, why can't I just give in to like enjoying thinking about drag this way for two hours? You sure. know? Well, I mean, the other thing is, is like, okay, let's not take ourselves so seriously here. Right. But and we're I, in a space now, or she kind of created a space of like, yeah, we are going to take this seriously. Right. And yeah, we're not just men in dresses up here. Yeah. We're actually people performing gender and why gender is fucking bullshit yeah yeah and it was just like if you let yourself kind of really give into that it was like oh yeah this is i mean to go back to that speech that we've quoted you know or played the, the clip of twice on this podcast now what drag does it's that reminder of like oh yeah drag does this i mean drag does dita ritz this will be and i'll wave my hanky for uh, the rest of my life to that wave a hanky right and that from is now on from now on <laughs> but it is really nice to be reminded at length all the other things. And this was a, a short list of all of some of the other things that drag can do. It was totally. really um, I, I read somewhere that Sasha will not be back in New York till September. So oh we were very lucky to catch her. Oh, yeah, it was really lucky. Yeah. You know, and we were also s almost lucky to run into Grizzly Kiki. Oh, I know. Yeah. I know. That was so. Betty I was like, and Mary. Yeah. I wanted to be like, all right, Betty. All right, Mary. I know. I wanted to play who's on first sort of like, <laughs> you know, all right, Mary. It was sad because we, we, we actually waited for them, but they were talking to Jade. Miss Jade. Yeah. Yeah. Who's fabulous. Like, yeah. She looked fabulous. Um, they were talking to her. And we kind of waited around, and then because we didn't have VIP tickets, uh -uh. Um, they shoot us out. They yeah. said they, that we needed to leave, and so we were, then we were waiting outside. We were talking to my friends, and then uh, you know we didn't. They didn't come out. And I'm like, you know what? I, it's, it's. I'm gonna turn into a pumpkin soon. Yeah, um, we'll find so, each other again. You know, we live in the same borough, I think. Oh, oh no, are they in Queens? I think I they're in Queens. Oh, I don't know. Um, but anyway, uh, Grizzly Kiki, if you are out there, uh, we should. As you put it, meet in the girls' room. Meet in the ladies' room. Meet in the ladies' room. Yeah, room we'll be back real soon. All right, Mary? <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, hi, Ella. Ella is sitting right in front of me. Ella is a hands-on producer today because of the new audio setup. Yeah, he's like, he's got his clipboard. He's like, I'm just checking everything yeah, good, everything good. Yeah, sure all the wires are good. And yeah, if it was Marco, he'd be chewing all the wires. Oh, my God. Uh, oh, my God, Marco. Marco. What's going on? All right, uh, we <laughs> should move on um, to uh, our next segment, which... Colin, you're brilliant. Oh. Colin brilliantly calls it. I read it on Reddit. <laughs> <laughs> Insert sound clip here that we'll think about, think of later. Um, yeah. So, because you know, now that we are in the off season and we have room in our episodes to uh, talk about some other things, as as you all know, uh, I am a, a regular lurker on the RuPaul's Drag Race subreddit, and so I f and and they are. To give them credit, they just they they keep active in the off season. I mean, they are already on like All Stars three T and who's gonna be on and like uh, I, we'll get into that maybe another another time. But what I really w wanted to talk about on this segment, if I read it on Reddit, is uh, someone had posted a a lengthy Facebook qu uh, post from a New York drag queen, Kashi Golene, and Kashi Golene was talking about her experience kind of going through the casting process for RuPaul's Drag Race not getting on and her experience as you know we were talking about earlier about local queens and her experience is essentially a local queen and and what non-ru girls are experiencing now in in the profession you know and and right. one of the things she's saying i mean it's I'll, I'll post a link to it on twitter i'm not going to obviously like read the whole thing but what she was basically saying is you know in the past it's like you could make a career you know as a drag queen performing and you can get you know 
uh, a good crowd and a good booking fee and good tips and all that shit. And now it's like bars will pay more, sometimes significantly more for Rue Girl because they know it's going to draw a crowd. Right. And, you know, these these local queens are kind of like opening acts or, you know, they're just kind of like, you know, afterthoughts. They're getting paid a fraction of what a Rue Girl is. And if anybody even like shows up to tip a bitch, you know, and, you know, she was just kind of talking about what what the the dynamic that's been created and that there's this idea that like, you know, people think, oh, you know, there, as we're sort of saying earlier, there's there's only 114 drag queens out there. This is all the drag there is. These are the these are the pioneers of drag and uh and while you know she certainly i think you know is celebrating on the one side you know the, the, this is so great that you know, dra- you know drag is mainstream and, and and she at one point was really feeling the excitement about rupaul's drag race becoming this uh you know more mainstream platform it's now come to the point where it's become so exclusive and Girls are, you know, auditioning to be on the show, not necessarily because they want to, but because it's like they feel like they have to. Yeah, you know, I I, I totally hear what Kashi's saying, and I often think about that, right? Like, mm-hmm. there's this idea that we're giving up something. Uh, there's this danger to mainstreaming something, right? Because then it's, especially when it, that something is supposed to be subversive. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, do I feel totally comfortable with drag queens, uh, and that culture being referenced and co-opted by mainstream culture? No, I feel a little invaded, right? Mm-hmm. Um, certainly not as much as Kashi would, cause I'm not a drag queen, but, um, at the same time, I mean, if you look at this as an art form, mm-hmm. as art, you know, her, this idea that, you know, Rue Girls are ruining the livelihoods for other queens. Let's, let's insert queens with artists okay yep. let's just talk about them as artists mm-hmm. when art goes mainstream when art went mainstream right what did we see we saw pop art happening where they were printing posters and think about paint by number right when that happened you could have your very own van gogh in your house i'm thinking of that movie um, mona lisa smile mm-hmm. um when they were talking about <clears throat> why contemporary art kind of boomed and why it happened um and and what you're supposed to feel from it right mm-hmm. Um, when uh, when when art goes pop, I mean, artists still survive. Artists still have to persevere, right? Trends come and go. So it's the fight to create and make the art that keeps a queen or an artist around, not the money, mm-hmm. right? Because if you're a dra- if you're in drag for the money, I mean, you're just as naive as like a singer thinking that they're going to be a Broadway star when they get here from Milwaukee. You know? Sure. You have to work. Mm-hmm. You have to stay in the business you have to make connections you have to get there right it's uh it, it of course it was easier for them before rupaul's drag race um but if you think about it, it was also harder right it was harder mean, because you know people maybe weren't as appreciative of drag queens or it was harder to be a drag queen um people were talking over your performance you mm-hmm. know and if people aren't paying attention to you, you have to figure out a way to make them pay attention to you. So if you're getting overbooked by these rule girls, make art differently. Do something different. Make yourself known in a different way. Anyway, mm. I, I, I kind of felt like her, her Facebook post came off as a little bit, woe is me, mm-hmm. um, instead of, all right, well, now I got to fucking do this. Now I have to work harder. It's like, yeah, you have to work harder. It sucks. It's what happens. It's the price we pay when when we want things to emerge. Now, that is half of Johnny talking. The other half of me totally empathizes what she's saying. Yeah. But I think it's important to bring up just kind of like a, an argument for argument's sake. 
Sure, I hear you. I mean, because I, I agree with her. I mean, I I hear what you're saying, and I think, you know, there's some valid points there. I, so you disagree with me? But I pretty much disagree with that side of Johnny because I think that, you know, yes, and, th- and this is true. I mean, artists, this is true of singers. This is true of, of writers. I mean, this is true of anybody who's trying to make money in, in you know, an artistic venture. You know, it's it's not easy to make a living doing it. Any Any actor in New York... You know, considering that if it was easy, everybody would do it. Everybody right? would do it. And get their own. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and and so baseball's hard. Sorry. <laughs> so, I I understand it because I also I think there's just the element of like yeah, there's an element of what you're saying. If we're gonna have argument for argument's sake, there's an element of what you're saying that feels a little bit like that sort of like well, pull yourself up by the bootstraps, which is like I, yes, yes, I get that. Um, these rue girls are literally plucked from a lottery. Like mm-hmm. it is luck. Yeah. And but I have to say that there is a reason why that they were noticed by RuPaul. Yeah, right? I mean, and I even think Kashi was picked to be on the show, and the only reason she wasn't was because of a very, very sad, awful, fucking reason. Right. right? She's a she's a bigger girl. I mean, she did say it, in, it inspired her to lose a significant amount of weight, which is of course great for her personal health. Fabulous. But you know yeah. what? If if she's considered a liability, it's like is Laganja not a liability? Was Nina Bonita Brown and her mental illness not a liability? I mean, yeah. Sorry, I I. That I have a lot to say about that I'm not going to say now, but sure, um, th- you know. But that kind of liability makes for good TV. Sure. Okay. <laughs> fair. Fair. Yeah. Fair. Amon. Yeah. Um, uh, and, and not in the Eureka sense because Eureka had to go home. Right. I just I think it it just it prevent presents an interesting idea, and I think um, it'd be something I'd be really interested to hear from our Marys about. Especially, I think we do have you know I know we at least have a couple drag queens who listen. Um, I'd I'd love to hear that perspective on. You know what it feels like to be a queen out there. Did any of the Rue girls respond? I don't think so. Not that, that I know. That would be of. interesting for yeah. me. I would. I'd love to hear what like a Katya has to say. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think you know it also goes to the idea that like every industry changes. You know, I mean, I think uh, you know even TV. Let's talk about TV because it's going through like a positive change right now. I mean, to be a TV writer, let's say ten years ago, I mean other than like let's say HBO or Showtime like you're limited to writing like shitty sitcoms on NBC that have to cater to you know shitty advertisers you Ouch. know well, it's true i mean like I, it's a sign of the times that a that a bullshit show like last man standing finally you know gets the legs out knocked out from under it <laughs> girl you know it's true millie vanilli um <laughs> but now you know, now we have Netflix. Now we have Amazon Prime. Right. Now Facebook is creating, you right. know, original so do you content. Think, uh, is the point you're trying to make, though, then that, like, because of RuPaul's Drag Race, other drag race brands are going to pop up and people are going to have to compete with it in some way? I just mean that, like, industries and art forms change. And sometimes it's for the better. And sometimes it's it, 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 there, there's a fabric of time and things ebb and flow. And RuPaul has said, like, this is a window that is open right now. And it will close. Ride that wave. Exactly. And ride that wave. It will close. And it will close. And I think that like in the same way, people who were writing for TV 10 years ago and feeling completely creatively stifled or feeling like there were no opportunities because they weren't writing for Everybody Loves Raymond, where now they're like, oh, cool. Now I can write for this Netflix show. Or there's so many more opportunities now. And there's a window that's open. And that's a good thing. And in the same way, there's a window that's open right now for drag. And it's positive and it's negative. But... 
it's going to change again. Yeah. And jump, jump out the window, Mary. Yeah. Jump in the car, you know, jump in the car. <laughs> And so I think it's, um, I think that Kashi is speaking to a timely experience, but I think let's just use, you know, this timeline of 10 years, 10 years from now, it's going to be different. Yeah. And in some ways it might yeah. be better. I mean, I, I, if I were to say anything to Kashi Golin is like, please don't stop performing. Well, yeah, I will tip a bitch. I'll bring a friend to tip a bitch. Mm hmm. Hashtag tip a bitch. Hashtag tip a bitch. The <laughs> um, thing I was gonna say, so just don't stop, Marys. Right. You know any drag queens out there? It, mm -hmm. Yeah. If if you aren't getting books booking, you know, God, just don't stop. Yeah. And 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 just to kind of add to this idea of things changing, at the same time, there are things like Instagram and YouTube and social media that have created another platform for these queens to reach an audience. And so you look yeah. at a queen like James Mansfield who can exist oh, now because of this point. platform. Brilliant point. And so you do have to adapt. And it's... Yeah, it's like, how do the Rue Girls get noticed in the first place? You know, I mean, sure, it's luck. It's like Willy Wonka's golden ticket. You yeah, know? yeah, because, they, I mean, it, it's much like actors in New York. There are a ton of brilliant actors in New York who are not working because, right. you know, it's... Uh, they didn't put out. They didn't put out, you know? It's like, hey, there's only so much room on that casting couch, Mary. <laughs> So, uh, look pretty roomy to me. Mm, yeah, squeaka squeaka, <laughs> squeaka squeaka. <laughs> That's the couch. Um. <laughs> oh god. So anyway, I I I think that you know I, I'm I, there's multiple sides to this argument. Again, I'd love to hear from our Marys on this and weigh in on what your thoughts are. Certainly, any queens out there who are listening would love to hear your perspective on this. We have just uh, shit on this whole idea of the paradigm that RuPaul's created with this little TV show. Let's talk about where this little TV show started. Oh, right. Well, you know, it, I think it's an interesting segue, Colin, because mm -hmm. if we're talking about, you know, local queens versus Ru girls, the girls on this season were all local queens. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, and they, they in a way. I mean, well, Chanel, they all, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, Victor I mean, Victoria Porkchop Parker, I've been doing some research on her today, and I was like, oh, like, I mean, let's just get into okay, it. Okay, sure. Let's meet these queens. Let's meet these queens. Yeah, so who's on, who's on season one? Who's on the pilot of the pilot? The pilot of the pilot. So, okay, let's... let's well, first let's I should... I just wanted to mention for our Marys that um, aren't watching, um, and for the ones that are, uh, what I thought was so fascinating is that when the, the queens are introduced, they actually say their boy name. Yeah. Do they yeah. go, hi, I'm Jose. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm, and, and it's, we don't ever see it again except in season two when Raven says, my name's David, and when I'm in tits and tights, I'm Raven. Right. But never again. I, I don't, not that I can think of. I miss that. I mean, mm -hmm. granted, like, be whatever identity you want to be, but right. if you're giving your talking head as a boy or presenting as male, um, give your, your male name. I mean, or I want to know the artist's name right. underneath the art. Right, and I should qualify. Obviously, there's Chad Michaels, Derek Barry, people who perform under their sure. their male name. But um, I feel like it was only fair to kind of let's talk about each queen. The order I was going to go in is on the order they go home, because obviously the only reason because I was going to start talking about Victoria Porkchop Parker. So uh, let's, and I think this is an important place Spoiler to start. Spoiler alert! I know, I know. Sorry, guys. <laughs> hey, Porkchop. Hey, Porkchop. But let's start with a queen who I I think when you watch the season. I mean, and when you watch the episode, the one that she's on, it's like there's this sense of, oh, riffraff. And I think there's an interesting dichotomy here because one of the other elements that is important to remember is that 
just because you're not good at drag race doesn't mean you're not a good drag queen. And I think that's that's something that's a that's a paradigm that I think has been, been right. Fully well, created people now. knew that about Project Runway and Top Chef, right? Mm-hmm. Just or like Chopped, just because you can't do those quick things and you know be under high pressure situation, doesn't mean that you're not a brilliant artist or chef or 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 yeah. designer. That's how you got on. You weren't cast to you know to be a loser. I mean, so so right. for example, just a point of reference because Victoria Porkchop Parker. She goes home in like one of the worst looks ever on yeah, Drag Race history. Yeah, it's unfortunate. That being Who said, was it? it was like Sasha Bell almost. It, it made Sasha Bell look like Violet Chachki. Uh, <laughs> but that being said, Victoria Porkchop Parker, she's been in the game since the late '80s. She's been she's won over 100 pageants. Oh wow! She's got like four national titles. Talk she about won pageant queen. Yeah, she won Miss Continental Plus in 2000. Mm. I mean, this is an incredibly accomplished queen. If you want to see more of her, she and Alyssa Edwards are in a documentary called Pageant, I think from 2008, oh, I think. Is that on Netflix? Um, it, it might still be. I know it has been in the past. Um, and I just, th- and like when I saw it, I was like, oh, okay. So, I mean, Victoria is, uh, her, her boy name being, um, what is it, Victor Bowling from Raleigh, North Carolina. I don't think we've ever had another queen from Raleigh. Um, but yeah, she's, she's won over 100 pageants. She's got four national titles. She's been in like 200 pageants. Um, you know, she she came in an incredibly accomplished queen, mm. but in the format of Drag Race, right? She is, and in a sense, I mean, I think uh, who was uh, some other queen mentioned this on Facebook, but like it can ruin your career. Well, yeah, going home first. Well, yeah, I mean, because then there's this perception. I mean, you know, on, on Drag Race, good. she goes from being this like. You know this Meryl Streep of pageants to oh she's just the older kind of you know there's there's sort of a there's sort of a sense of like oh what's this bitch doing here you know and uh, there she's she kind of gets looked at as riffraff right. you know and it's it's just an interesting perspective that has been created and and is why I think it's important to get to know who these queens were before they were Rue girls mm. um, but yeah she uh, you know she predates queens like Tempest Du Jour. And Mrs. Kasha Davis and Penetration, you know, uh, these sort of, you know, these queens who come in and you're like, are you going to keep up with these kids, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or Charlie like Hyde, you know? Oh, Charlie Hyde. It's like Alice from the uh, the Brady Bunch came and competed. Right. You know, in right. America's Next Top Model. Right, exactly. And it's just like, <laughs> all right. Oh, my God. Alice would be a great Snatch Game character. Oh, my God. <laughs> right? Oh, God. Alice, like, and, and, like, the version in the Brady Bunch movie. Like, that's th- they're sort yeah. of like... Oh, right. Yeah, right. yeah, like, right. that's, like, the drag version of yes. Alice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the Shelley Long of Mrs. Brady. Oh, my Brady, God. Which is per- better than the original. I forgot about how brilliant Shelley, Shelley Long, Long was. Shelley Long was brilliant. Brilliant. Talk about a drag character. Oh, my God. Uh, that, you know, let's watch that movie and review it. Yes. Well, <laughs> RuPaul is in it. <gasps> that's right. Yeah, she helps Jan find she, the new Jan Brady and yeah. basically makes Jan become a drag queen. Oh my God, Mary's, <gasps> stay tuned. Moesha, Moesha, Moesha. <laughs> <laughs> sure, Jan. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I had we. Yeah, Jan, you don't have any friends. You don't have any friends. <laughs> <laughs> so. As we continue our exploration of, of meeting these queens, the next <coughs> the next queen that we're going to talk about is a legend, and that is a two course. words, one word, two well, one word, a legend, 
And that is, of course, L.A.'s own Tammy Brown. Oh, Tammy Brown is Colin's cup of tea. You know, at Tammy Brown. Sure, pot of coffee. She is my my cup of soup, my pot of coffee, yeah. my my black horse, my wonk wonk. <laughs> yeah. I, right on your alley. She is right on my alley, Candy Ho. Your whole rack of stuff. I got a whole rack of Tammy Brown. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that one's for you, Zoe. Um, <laughs> so, um, Tammy Brown, Keith Glenn Schubert. Uh, is you know what I love about Tammy Brown and what I love about Tammy Brown's inclusion in season one is this is a queen who is committed to her drag. I mean, she says somewhere her that her, yeah, yeah, she says that I am the character, right? You know, and she doesn't break it. And you know, even though to look at her, you're like, oh my god, like there's no versatility here. Like the, I don't even know how like fashion forward this queen is, or like how this is even going to work in this competition. There's just something about the commitment that she has to that aesthetic right. that is so impressive, and so, and and I'd love to see. I mean, we see it a little bit on All Stars t- on All Stars One, but it's kind of like with Katya or Sasha Velour, where it's like it's this very understood um, aesthetic, and it's like I just want to see that applied in all these different ways. I don't think Tammy Brown is capable of that or even interested in doing that. I don't think she's interested in it. Yeah. But she comes in, and it's just like. Who dis bitch? Yeah, I mean, you didn't know who. I don't even know Tammy Brown's real name. Keith Glenn Schubert. Oh, you don't even know who Keith is because you're no. like, oh, you're you're in drag right now. Like you're still doing it, right? Even in the Talking Heads. I mean, there's these moments. There are these moments where you see the affectation drop just a little bit. And you're like, oh, there you are. Oh wow, yeah. There you are, and it's and but it's still the same person. It's just that Tammy is just this elevated version. You know, mm. Tammy is just, you know, a, a face of makeup on on Keith. But it's it's it, he's just a, a fascinating character. And of course, I, I've talked about this in the past, but there and, and I think I posted it on Twitter. But there's that performance of Be My Lover at Dreamgirls oh, right. that I'm obsessed that yeah, with. Yeah, uh, it's bizarre. It, yeah, it's bizarre. Tammy Brown is an acquired taste. But once you do, mm. ooh baby. <laughs> Yeah, she'll spin your world round and round. <laughs> uh, did you want to? Um, I can't remember if you wanted to do this on this episode or if throughout this exploration into season one. But like finding the through lines of the Tammy Browns throughout the seasons. Yeah, certainly. I mean, I think that's a really good question. Is I don't know what that sound. Oh, it's a helicopter. Oh, all right. All okay. right, Mary. So there's right, a Mary. helicopter outside so of my helicopter. window. Brooklyn, always keeping it real. Yeah, keep it Ella's real. not alarmed, so I know that it's okay. Right. Yeah, Ella's okay. kind of like, you he's know. He's got his lesbian smile on right oh, now. Oh, yeah. he's such a happy little lesbian. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, that's because the next queen I was going to talk about, there are some through lines. But before we get to that queen, is there anybody else? Who well, I mean, you could think of Tammy Brown as kind of the 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 start of of something, right? That mm-hmm. there is that eccentric queen. I could I could compare Tammy Brown with a Jinx Monsoon. Jinx That's Monsoon was also socially awkward. She had the narcolepsy. Yeah, um, you know, you know, and was and was wild and totally talented and totally committed. You know who else I think of when I think of Tammy Brown? I think of James Mansfield. Oh, sure. Yeah, sure. which is an interesting like. You know, like, like doesn't fit in. Doesn't fit in, and when Eureka and asks beautifully. James, like, "Oh, well, what? How much of this is real?" and she's like, "You know, well, none of it." And it's like, <laughs> you know, and and that we never really, we never really get to who James is under James Mansfield. It's like there's right. just this commitment, mm-hmm. you know. And and I, I would venture to see from say from what I've seen of James, 
the boy underneath James Mansfield, I think um, I think there, there's there's a bit more of a grounded quality. Sure. I don't think anybody is quite from yeah, Planet Yeah, like Tammy. what does Keith do when Keith gets home right. from work? Right, exactly. And I, I want to believe that he like puts on a record and, you know, like just, you know, makes himself a, a, a cocktail yeah. and, you know, reads an old life magazine from 1947. Right. a Virginia Slim, perhaps. Uh, oh, dare. And sits on like an old grandma couch, you know. Yeah, Tammy Brown or Keith's apartment. Keith's you know? apartment. What yeah. goes on there? Yeah, who yeah. knows? I mean, it could be a whole Valerie Cherry situation. Anyway, right. uh, let's move on. Um, and if you have any thoughts on who else is a Tammy Brown, we'd love to hear that. Mm. Um, who's next for you? So next, if we're going to talk about in terms of elimination, the next is Akasha. Oh, Akasha, who I think is the closest to the type of drag that RuPaul did, which yeah. is why I think Akasha is on the show. Yeah, well, that, that's that's an interesting point. At like, at, because I think there, I think um, she's very much like a Dita Ritz to me. My drag persona would be crazy, rambunctious. I'm sitting here all prepped and ready. If I was a girl, I would be a stripper or a slut and pregnant with a whole bunch of children. We both decided to do the whole naked feel. When I saw Chanel, I was like, oh, another skank with her butt hanging out. I thought I was gonna be the only one that had my butt hanging out. Hers is a little flabby. It jiggles. Mine is solid muscles, so it doesn't like move at all. So I mean, it just depends on what you're into. I, when I think of Akasha, I think of her as the roots of a queen like Kamora Black. Oh, okay. You know, okay. like Akasha's a... Well, we expected Kamora uh, uh, Black to be more of a shit-stirrer, but Akasha is a shit-stirrer. Yeah. She came in with the intention to fuck shit up, to, you know, didn't care. Um, you know, it was very much... Akasha is the first child in the room. Oh, the child in the room that has to be taken care of. Yeah, she's the first okay. child in the room. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Akasha, whose boy name is Eric Flint. Akasha is from Cleveland. Um, yeah, she, uh, I mean, you know, she, she barely hangs on in her time in, in Drag Race. They're, they're, she, they're, they can't get rid of her. Well, you know? she slays, men, uh, what, two, three lip syncs? She does. Well, you know, that the first lip sync, we'll get to that. But yes, certainly, you know, uh, to quote Rue, she broke the motherfucking dawn, apparently, <laughs> in the second episode. Um, yeah, I mean, Akasha is an interesting character because she just, yeah, she's the first troublemaker, you know? Right. And so before there was a Willem, yeah. there was Akasha. And a Willem is a more refined version. Willem is a more self-aware version of Akasha. You know, uh, and I'm trying to think of like season two. Well, I think Tyra Sanchez was right. was a shit stir in season right. two. Oh, totally. Yeah, I mean season four or season three. I mean, the first one. I, could, I mean, I don't think I think Shangela was a was a bit more of a. Um, she was she was a booger. She's more um, calculated, you know. Yeah. But like the problem child in the room, like you know, like you were a teacher, you always have those kids who you always have to discipline. And I just think... Yeah, and you know what? I will say this for any teachers out there. By calling them the problem child, you're setting them up to fail. Well, sure, of course. So anyway, just... <laughs> but she can't hear us. Went into teacher mode. Yeah, all right. Um, yeah, all right, Mary. Yeah, Rakasha, um, if you're listening, don't yeah. take it personally. You know, the, I, just to step back from meeting these queens for a second, but this whole pilot... I mean, we keep calling it a pilot. It is a pilot. Yeah. There was no budget. Oh, my God. There was no budget. And I... and. The the main difference that I noticed from the episode with future episodes of RuPaul's Drag Race is how slow the pace was. Yeah. It was certainly what we accepted mm -hmm. back in the day yeah. of what pace should be on a on a reality show, but it was it was much slower 
Mm-hmm. I mean, now it's like quick, 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 talking head, move, 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 move. Oh, yeah. And basically the episodes are the same length. It's maybe about three minutes longer, which probably has to do with commercials. Yeah. And I I, I found that fascinating, that the pace was slower. I also um, really appreciated that the show featured the artists and the technicians underneath Kasha Davis or at Kasha, uh, Kasha mm-hmm. um, underneath Victoria Park. I mean, we saw them doing the steps of the makeup. We saw them right. sewing. We saw them doing all this stuff because I think RuPaul was like, how are we going to get a mainstream audience or get people that don't really know much about drag interested? And if you remember in season two and season three, sometimes there were pop-ups of like different drag terms. And there were a couple this season. Like there was one for like Kai Kai that shows right. up later in the season. And it's spelled K-I-K-I. I'm like, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 mm-hmm. yeah. That's Kiki married. That's Kiki. So, but, you know, there's this element of like needing to educate and needing mm-hmm. to be like, oh, no, 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 this is art. Yeah. This is art. Which... If you think about who became queen in season nine, we eventually got there. Right. She brought us to a place where you call it activism. I call it art where we are moving people. Right. We are getting people motivated through this art form instead of just entertaining and singing Beyonce songs and lip syncing to Whitney Houston, which, again, fabulous. Will tip a bitch. Yeah. But um you know, that's the easiest drag to watch. Mm-hmm. Well, and I also think season one, especially this first episode, I mean, there's a necessary education. You know, oh, sure. people have to be like, not just helping people understand, but but showing them like, this is all of the work that goes into this. I mean, every right. time I watch a I mean, I certainly appreciated chefs more and uh, designers more just from watching Top Chef and Project Runway. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I appreciated models more. But from uh, yeah, I, <laughs> I never really wa- appreciated Tyra more. So. I never really watched Top Model, so I I just couldn't I, I couldn't bear it. I mean, I, at some point in my life, I, I get out of my house. Yeah, all right, Ella, you're gonna take over from here. Get out uh, of my house. <laughs> um, no, seriously, uh, I so yeah, I, I do think that the appreciation need needed to start there. Mm-hmm. So it it makes total sense that you know if if RuPaul is introducing herself as the drag queen mm-hmm. right in the start of this episode. This whole pilot and again, the whole season, this season is about the work and the pain that these queens put them through as artists. Now, we'll talk about this later into our season, into our recaps of these episodes. But we soon see that there are stories that come out of these queens, that it's not just art and it's not just the performer, you know, and, and how hard it is to to be on the runway and to be a man in a dress but how hard it is to exist in the world as a gay man. Well, right? there's that there's that additional element. The one thing I was going to say before I get into that is is you know every time I watch like a, a drag makeup tutorial, I'm always blown away yeah. at how many steps there are. I know. I always think, "Oh, why do you have to do all of that? There's so much construction that is happening with makeup on Well, the that's face. also very new, isn't it? I don't know. Maybe not. I yeah, I mean, I it I'm sure every queen is a little bit different, but there's, like there's the East Village queens that don't do that. Sure, but the the what what we are seeing when you look at a certain queen and you think, oh, well, what is that? Some foundation, some lipstick, and some mascara. It's like, nope, there's like there are steps to building this face. Right. And it really blows me away. But to your point about the stories that come out, I mean, I think that's where Drag Race found its its angle. You know, was was it wasn't just Project Runway watching artists, you know, do their work. There was this whole added element of also being queer. 
and yeah, being and, other. And, and I don't want to forget that one of the reasons I fell in love with the show is because I thought it was making fun of America's Next Top Model. Mm-hmm. I ho- I saw the satire. I saw the camp. Yeah. I saw it like, oh, my God, they have a catchphrase for that. Oh, just like that. Oh, just like that. Oh, she ha- she put a catchphrase in there. Mm-hmm. And when it w- when Lip Sync for Your Life was there or Sashay Away and Shantae You Stay, like all of that is please pack your knives and go, right? Right. All of that is... Um, you know, uh, uh, designers, uh, pick up your workroom, right? It's right. It's time to pack up your things and go. Time yeah. To pack up your things. Yeah. Um, pick up your station, whatever. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's um. Oh no, I've the same, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, you're in or you're out. Yeah. Um, sachet away, Shantae, you stay, right? It's all the same language, mm-hmm. just different brands. And and I laughed. I well, loved it because and then there was this queer spin. I was like, oh, this is for me. This is yeah. fabulous. The fact that Drag Race was capable of doing both. You know, it was capable of both making fun of the of the structure of these shows and then also bringing in this like pathos of, uh, you know, of these stories about, you know, I mean, Victoria. But I think that that was a surprise to RuPaul. Yeah, maybe. I don't think that that was necessarily known up front. And I'm thinking of someone like On Giant. Yeah, of course. I mean, that's what I'm thinking immediately. Is I, don't, I think that was a surprise. A game changer for the mm-hmm. show. Mm-hmm. And even Bibi Zahara Benet, you can say too, mm-hmm. um, with, with her story um, and her understanding and her perspective of drag coming from, from Africa at the time. Right. Um, the, the show, I think, was not that at mm-hmm. the start. Like you can even tell from this pilot even. Right. That it's much more lighthearted. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I think yeah, I think there were elements of it that they must have been aware of. I mean, I when I think of like Pork Chop and she talks about, you know, uh getting shot at. I mean, Pork Chop had like acid thrown on her face right. years ago. I mean, she and I think it's really there's an el- I'm sure they knew all this and there was an element of like it was important to make sure that story was understood and that this you know veteran queen could talk about her experience you know in the game for this long right. and so that may have not been a surprise but i think something like angina which we'll talk about later this season i, I, I actually i i'm almost sure of it that they did not know that that was going to happen yeah um i mean it wasn't her intention uh certainly to share that information so um you lady boy <laughs> you lady boy that's offensive. Gia Gunn, sorry. <laughs> Gia Gunn. <laughs> uh, and, you know, she didn't um, RuPaul even say that um, all my lady boys and girls, you know, lady boys and girls was inspired by Angina? Yeah, she did. She said the reunion that that song was inspired by yeah, Angina. Yeah, which yeah. is great. Is it Angina or Angina? I think it's on. I think it maybe could, maybe originally because her middle Cause name I is hear Ang. Her, I, hear her, I hear her say Angina. I think over time it's, it's gotten vagina. processed to angina. Okay. That's how we know how to say things. Yeah, sounds like you're saying vagina. Oh God! <laughs> um, oh come on! I'm just There's nothing wrong. I'm with just vagina. being Dan Savage. I'm oh, just being oh, oh, thank you. Thank yeah, you, thank yeah. You. I'm aware. I'm aware of what I'm doing, Mary. Okay. Um, <laughs> so let's 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 carry on. Um, let's talk about Jade. Get her oh, Jade. Get her Jade. Um, so Jade was one of my favorites. Mm. Um, I remember going to see her when I lived in Chicago after mm-hmm. the season aired. She is the dancer, like the right. dancer from RuPaul's Drag Race. Like it, I, I don't think there's anybody that has lived up to her. Maybe Chi Chi Devane. Mm-hmm. Um, who else was a really great dancer besides Kennedy uh, Davenport? Shea. Kennedy Davenport Laganja. and Shea Shea And Shea Coulee, yeah. Yeah. Um, what does she say? A, ba- a batma? Is that the? Is that the? She's like, oh, can we do a batma here? Shekule, like the oh, lift leg. I th- I don't know that, Mary. That's like a sports reference. I don't know. You know, oh, I'm like, oh no, that's homophobic. Nope. <laughs> um, so Jade, David Sotomayor, 
Uh, Jade <laughs> is gorgeous yeah. in and out of drag. I mean, the original trade before yeah. there was Chi Chi Devane. Original trade, the original dancer, the original beauty queen. The r- like, well, she's one of two, maybe three Latinx queens, right? This season, well, there's, I mean, there's Nina, Rebecca, uh, Jade, and uh, I think Tammy Rebecca Brown might be. Yeah, um, it, it's an incredibly diverse cast. Yeah. yeah, and I think also where they come from in the country, right? Is there are there any New York queens? No, we don't get a New York queen until Sahara in season two. Oh, yeah, um, that's a great trivia question. Yeah, yeah. No, I right, looked it up because right. I was wondering if there were any All New York right, queens. Right. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Jade. I mean, Jade is, and we will get into this later in the season. But talk about an Act One gun. She's sort of a tragic figure this season. Oh. Very much so, right? Yeah. I mean, I don't think she's um, as tragic of a figure as Valentina is no. to fans. No. Because there is a Valentina in this season. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. There is certainly a long con. Oh, my God. They, oh, bite my tongue. Okay, yeah. bite yeah. it. Bite yeah. it, Mary. Yeah. Bleed. <laughs> um, no, so, yeah, Jade is, she's, yeah, she's very tragic. Um, yeah. And, and lovable and wonderful. And I feel like she was set up from the start. Oh, there is a heist that happens on that stage in a couple season, a couple episodes that we will talk about. Yeah, um, it, we'll talk about it. But Jade is Jade is also. I mean, I, I think kind of one of her fla- her fatal flaws as well is um, she gets in her own head, you know. And and there's a she she's holding back. It's it's something that they have critiqued queens on every season. Is you're holding back. You're not giving us. You know, give us more. Give you know that right. this is something that they they you know asked of Sahara. You know, in the Rocker Chicks challenge, is like I need you to give me more. And and of course, Sahara. One of, it's, it's one of my um, it's one of my favorite drag race lines. It's such a deep cut where she's like, I don't know what you want from me, Merle. I'm just a girly girl. Like, <laughs> but she just like snaps. Like I don't know what you want from me, Merle. Mm. It's a great line. But anyway, Jade. Uh, yes, I I have such a crush on Jade out of drag. I I think he's just. Stunning, All um, right, Mary. Yeah, Put so it away, Mary. sorry, Sarge. Um, <laughs> plenty of me so, to go around. So, uh, who's next? Should we not go in order? I feel like now we're spoiling things. Um, well, so next up is Angina. Watching we, along, no, but like in terms of like uh, elimination. Oh, I, you know, Mary's. I, I'm just, I, I'm assuming here. It's too late now, you know? I mean... Well, not necessarily. I mean... All right. Well, we'll talk about Chanel next. Okay. Let's talk about Chanel. So let's talk about... The original showgirl, the original villain. My name is Brian. I'm 29 years old, and I've had a show at a nightclub in Las Vegas for about six years now. This is sexy. My persona has always tried to be a little more on the realistic side, but wearing costuming that is super couture. People call me the Barbara Streisand of drag. This is going to be fun. Because I've heard she's a real bitch and she's anal retentive about everything. That's kind of, I guess you could say, how I am. You know, and Chanel, one of the things, yes, so Chanel, boy named Brian Watkins from Las Vegas. Um, Chanel, you know, fun fact, fun trivia cat uh, fact for our cat loving Marys. Chanel named herself after her first Siamese cat, Chanel. Um, Chanel is such an interesting character in the canon of Drag Race Queens. My first experience with Chanel was actually All Stars before season one, and so really I did not. You didn't see season one before? No, I don't think so. When was the first time you saw season one? Now? I don't. No, 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 no. A couple years ago, oh. but I definitely saw All Stars first because I saw. Yes. Yeah. Yes. 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 Um, yes. <laughs> one word. Legend. <laughs> A legend. Excuse me. That is one word. Um. Yeah, Chanel. I did not fully appreciate in All Stars what she was who she really was 
And she's kind of a nudge, right? She, yeah, well, in, in All Stars 1, I mean, she was just riding Chad's coattails yeah, the entire time. And Chanel is, yes, she's a showgirl. She is certainly, you know, very uh, accomplished and talented. But on season one, I mean, all I'm going to say is, like, before there was an Alexis Michelle, there was Chanel. Yes. With this huge asterisk. Of course. But I think that... Because Chanel, first of all, Chanel has been doing drag for years, had a Las Vegas show... Uh, spoiler alert, she juggles down the runway. Yeah. In, in the same sense that she reminds me of a uh, Ivy Winters. Ivy Winters. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and looks flawless, breastplates it out like va va voom Nina Brown. Yeah. Um, Nina Bonina, Jada Pinkett Smith. Right. Um, I, uh, th- there was so much to Chanel's performance. She literally threw everything but the kitchen sink at the judges. Mm-hmm. And in the same way of Alexis Michelle, they would not validate the fuck out of her. That's what they I'm saying. They wouldn't give anything to her. They were like, we're going to make you break. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying they brought the same thing to the competition, but certainly their experience on the show was very similar. And there was a... I think th- there's a there's a certain delusion in both of them, and yet the more I thought about it, the more it was like, no, I think Alexis was not – th- her self-awareness had, had checked itself at the door before she entered the workroom, whereas Chanel, I want to say she's delusional, but then I'm like, but she's kind of got a point. No, she definitely had a point. Yeah. I mean, in this uh, very different way – I. The other delusional queen is like a Laganja Estranja, who is very talented and, mm-hmm. and looks great and yeah. can pull out fucking looks. Yeah. But. Uh, yeah. Well, and, and Laganja, I mean, there's also the difference that Laganja was very much a child in the room. And I, I don't think Chanel was. I think she was an adult in the room. I think she was a teenager in the room. Right. You know, I think that she I was. Mean, there's, a, a, there, uh, there's a difference because I feel like Alexis and even Laganja. And this goes back to what Kashi Golin was saying. But like, I mean, you know, Chanel created most of those outfits right yeah as opposed to a designer sending their stuff along with these queens here be my model yeah Yeah. my model yeah which is bullshit it was such a great point that kashi made yeah i hadn't even considered that well you know what the first time i got bothered by that so the point that kashi golin made in her facebook post was that many of the queens now from certain seasons on are basically just they're just doing looks from designers that yeah. people design the looks and then they go on RuPaul's Drag Race and then, you know, it wins or it doesn't win. Right. And the first time I noticed that where I was like, that's unfair, is when Courtney Act came out yes. with those huge wings. I, that's I'm like, that is unfair. Yeah. She didn't make that. Mm-hmm. Some kids can't afford that. Yeah. Like, what the hell is this? Right. Granted, I gasped, I gagged, I finger wagged. Sure. She put on a show. but It was great production value. Yeah. But... At like, the end of the day, they're putting on a show. But at the end of the day, they're not going to cast a queen all the time that can't afford to bring that kind of shit, which sucks. Yeah. Well, I mean, and then you compare that to a queen like Nina Benina Brown, who is creating her illusion oh, from scratch. God. And, you know. And people shit the fuck on her. I'm so mad yeah, about that. But, like, the work that it takes to create that from nothing. I mean, Chi Chi Devane, a queen Devane. creating stuff from nothing. Chi Chi Devane. Yeah. I think of someone like Trixie Mattel, too, or a mm-hmm. Bendela Creme. Where I know that they're they're concocting all of that, right? Yeah, like th- things that are being created from scratch, yes. and I, there and there is something to be said for that, even if you're seeing the roughness around the edges. It's like, well, let's not, you know, 
let's not sit here and act like Anna Wintour and be like, mm, I don't know, I can see a seam. It's like, yeah, and she stayed up all fucking night sewing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, so Chanel, I mean, it, she is, she's an interesting character. You know, she's the first in the workroom, and we always talk about this idea of oh, the narrator. narrator. <clears throat> like, is Chanel our narrator? I think we follow her in many ways. We don't I follow BB. We yeah. don't follow Nina. No, exactly. I think we follow her and her perspective and her experience on the show way more than we follow any other queen. Yeah, she certainly has the most to say. And yeah. And the most uh, kind of strong opinions, too. So yeah. It, it, she did make really great TV in that sense. She did. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, so you know, we'll talk about the great TV that she made uh, in later episodes. She, yes. I mean, they call Alexis Michelle a producer. Let's this actually, you know, let's. <laughs> <laughs> this is the original producer. Did you all get the tea and Coon? Did you all get the tea and um, uh, Let's talk about Nina. Um, another uh. Latinx queen alternative, like a, a bald Mohawk queen. That uh. I just like everything about Nina Flowers, everything about her. I've, since the beginning, I was rooting for her. Like when I first watched the show, she was the one that I picked. She is her and Angina. I mean, she is just legendary. I think what I love about Nina the most, and they comment on this, is like you see this this severe drag, and then she opens her mouth, and she's so incredibly charming. And and that to me, I mean, that dichotomy is so intriguing, you know, that she can give you this look that looks like, oh, my God, like, don't fuck with her. And then she's like, spoiler alert, she's Miss Congeniality, you know, right. I mean, that's I just, I just love that. I love her ability she, to do she's that short, too. She right? is. Yeah. She's much shorter than than a lot of these other girls. Yeah, it's I mean, you know, taller than Angina, but, you know, so is Ella. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, oh, sweet guy. Um, yeah, no. Uh, so Nina Flowers, boy named Jorge Flores, which is actually how Nina um, started drag and for years performed at as her boy name. Oh. And then I think she was entering a pageant and she had to pick a name, so she chose uh, her last name is obviously Flores, so she chose Flowers, and uh, she named herself Nina after Nina Hagen. So, oh, that's yeah. a good origin story. Yeah, oh, yeah. Thanks for that, Mary. Yeah, of course. Um, um, do you want to go on to is it, uh, do you want to do Angina? Yeah, we talked about Angina before. So oh, sure. Um, so Angina is also an L another LA queen. Uh, Angina. What's is his boy name? Ryan. Ryan, right? Yeah, Ryan Ong. Um, oh, we have to turn the lights on. It, it, it's been it's gotten to be evening while we've been recording, so now I can't see my notes. I, I, I'm like I'm he like my glasses. He needs his glasses. <laughs> I'm like my mother at a dimly lit restaurant trying to hold the candle over the menu. Um, yeah, yeah, Ryan Ong like Paolo. Sorry, buddy. Sorry, producer. Oh yeah, he's giving me that face. Um, Angina, the original bald queen. I mean, yes, yes, yeah. Original bald queen, the original Asian queen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. But definitely the original bald queen. Yeah, that blazed a trail. For yeah, sure. yeah, for sure. In in many ways, Angina is such an important queen. Yeah, right, because of her HIV story. Yeah, and just the drag that she presented. It w yeah, she is. This was a this is a, one of those examples of like I had discredited the diversity that season one had, and right. Angina is it, she. It, it, what I'm really interested to talk about with Angina is is also the judge's response to. Well, we should talk about it now. I mean, I feel like sure. Yeah, I mean, the, the episode's the episode. Right? Yeah, we, we can mention it, but we're not going to recap it. Right, right. There's only like uh, some things here and there I want to talk about, but. Um, you know, what's interesting in season one as a bald queen, when we compare it to like Sasha Velour, I mean, she, there, there is such a focus on season one about the female illusion and how much are they getting boy. Yeah. You like know, especially with Santino and Merle. Yeah. I mean, they, yeah. They push that a lot. 
you know, and Rue even says, you know, I, I'm still seeing a little boy. I'd love to see a little lady. Right. And it feels, I mean, even oh, though this is from. cringy, right? Right? Even though this is from like 2009, it feels so antiquated. Yeah. This idea that, like. Narrow minded. Yeah. And even though, I mean, it, it happens. Like, well, it is a boy, Rue. Well, it is a boy. And, like, what's wrong with seeing a little bit of boy? And, yeah. And it happens again in season seven with Violet Chachki at the, the nude runway where oh, it's like, sure. oh, I'm getting boy. But then it actually. Valentina never got that. Well, that was, you know. Uh, Sister Mary, uh, Kathy McGuire, and she and I were were uh, messaging on Twitter actually about that today. She said, you know, it's interesting that Valentina never got that same critique, even though her hometown runway look had sort of a, 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 you know, a boy quality, the mariachi look, and even her Madonna look. um, And that... There was that excuse. Of course, my response, you know, we were kind of saying, well, with that face, you can get away with anything. I was but like, Valentina's beautiful. Yeah, she can get away with anything except covering that face. And so, <laughs> all right, Mary. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's really interesting, the evolution of, um, you know, and, and they had the same critique of Nina Flowers later in the season as well. It's like, oh, I feel like I'm seeing like a woman's head on a man's body. And of course, like, mm. you know, Nina, like one of the first things she says is like, I don't do female illusion. I'm doing an androgynous thing. Right. And uh, I, it's just. It, I love that she says that. Yeah. Like, I forgot that they were setting this up. Yeah. They yeah. were setting up androgyny and gender fuck. Mm hmm. In 2009. Right. And it just seems to me in some ways that like there has to be space for that. That's part of RuPaul's history. There has to be space for gender fuck, you right. know, and it, it can't all just be about how much are you glamazon. You know, I understand the idea of I'd love to see you apply your aesthetic to a couple different types of drag. I'd love to see. Can you just for the sake of being in a competition? Can you soften it? Let's just see. Yeah, I just appreciate for the sake that. of it, just to, for, for shits and giggles. See yeah, what it like, shows you about on, yourself. Milk, show us a different wig. You yeah. Know? Tell, tell us, us a, a joke. joke. <laughs> <laughs> on the si- same cycle, Mary. Um, yeah, I um, I so that that's really one of the things I'm interested about with Angina this season is is there re- the whole idea of her wearing a wig and what that means and what they need to see from her and I just think I'm uh, sorry she, when she wore a wig I was like take that wig take off. that wig off silly. you know obviously there there's rumors and it's about time that Angina will be on All Stars three. And I think that's going to be really interesting is to see Angina on season on All Stars three versus season oh, one. She has, besides uh, vivacious, she has my favorite walk. Oh yeah, the shoulders. The shoulders. She, oh my she's god, this is a great walk. Yeah, and vivacious should have a walk off. Oh, uh, I could get into that. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right, Mary. Um. So BB. Original um, pageant queen. I think that's our last one as BB. BB's a Harbonnet, um, originally from Cameroon, uh, by way of Minneapolis and now New York City. Um, BB is, she is a fabulous queen. I mean, she is like so put together. And like, I think and there's this whole idea of like the dignity that she brings to, you know, to drag and whatnot that is. There's something impeccable about Nina, about, about BB, that I almost felt like, even though I knew she was going to win because before I saw the season, watching it, I was like, oh, God, like, there's something about her. She's so captivating. She's so captivating. Yeah. And, and her runways, I mean, this season, there are just some amazing runways from her. She just has the this. The outfit she made, this was designed on a dime, mm-hmm. this episode, and the outfit she made, it was like, honey, that's a dime. Yeah. Holy fuck. Yeah. I mean, she's really just uh, has such a um, there's such an energy about her that I 
make that already puts her in my hall of fame of like favorite queens because i just i love to hear her talk i i find her just a captivating energy you know and uh she is i think that you know you, you mentioned earlier that akasha is kind of like the closest to what like the kind of drag rupaul was doing and right. i think that bb is as well but like so much more elevated you know i think bb is the like the ultimate glamazon yeah yeah, and I think that's really what RuPaul was looking for. You think so? I think I so. Don't I think so. I think, I think she, the designers and the makeup artists, put her for that. Well, I think even if you look at like um, in the Brady Bunch movie, mm -hmm. like there was, she wasn't polished. No, but I think in the context of RuPaul's Drag Race, I kind of feel like certainly early on, it my my gut instinct is what we're really looking for is America's Next Glamazon superstar when you think about who people are ready for oh. that whole concept oh sure sure they, now but then you know then you got uh sharon needles you got a, a jinx monsoon but when but people were not ready for that then no no no, no not people then. were ready for no. nina to win yeah people people wanted nina to win oh people were ready for i keep saying nina people were ready for bb to win people yeah. were not ready for nina to win i think but i i, I know maybe it's just me but I, I mean, I, I was ready for Nina to win. Oh, I, I mean, just, I would love yeah. to see Nina, either or, Do you really. Think anybody rooting for Rebecca Glasscock? No. Oh, that's who we didn't talk about. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's all there is to say about the Rebecca Glasscock. Villain, yeah. Rebecca Glasscock before there was Valentina. Right. This is the original Valentina. This is the one I'm most excited to talk about this season because she is doing long con. She is the original hashtag long con. Yeah. Yeah. She also uh, there was a there was a lot of talk I know at the reunion and while this season was airing that she got a buy that the judges were helping her out and that the competition was helping her out to keep her in yeah and I I mean I'm sorry like I know reality TV like it's produced it's not yeah. real so of course there are moments when she shouldn't have stayed no but she did stay because of the story and because it created a villain you know what i mean i fully believe that rebecca was only kept because of the drama it created all yeah. season yeah and it created a buzz you it know the internet is fueled by rage and hate yeah you know many and of our marys know that mm -hmm. and there is a lip sync later that she should not have won okay mary and the only reason she did was because of this and i knew it Rewatching it this season i was like that's why yeah is because if it went the other way they wouldn't have any of the drama because these girls oh, were they hated her. yeah well the, uh, and, the, and these girls otherwise all really liked each other they hated her yeah i mean other than rebecca this was originally the original rupaul's best friend race right this, i yeah. mean chanel certainly brought her own element but like I, don't I, I was going to say, Chanel is the other, the other side of it, right? The mm -hmm. other side of the coin. Because if there wasn't Rebecca, you know, there was Chanel. Chanel was polarizing. Right, but I think that... Super talented. Yeah, I, I think, though, that Rebecca... I remember rooting for Chanel. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I remember rooting for Chanel, being like, oh, my God, you look fucking gorgeous. Yeah. Because at the time, I was also rooting for Fishy. I was also rooting for the illusion. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, loving Nina Flowers, mainly. Oh, that's different. Right. You know, I always, my eye always goes to that. Right. Yeah, no, I mean, Rebecca is, I, I, I can't even think of another queen who was kept around in the same way for the same reason. Mm. It feels very much like something they did in season one because it was season one. Uh, oh, we're bringing Shangela back. Yeah. But it does seem, yeah, you're right. Yeah. It's a stunt. It, this was such a stunt, yeah. Rebecca Glasscock. Uh, I don't think she's um, I don't think she's doing drag anymore. I, oh, I was trying to find bad. stuff about her, but oh, I know, unfortunately... Yeah, yeah, so. 
so we should talk about the show a little bit. Um, I mean, again, guys, there was. If you're watching along with us, or if you're not, you should also know that this was a pilot. There was zero budget. They didn't have the right lights. Mm-hmm. Um, so the one problem that I have with the show is how kind of bad the queens look. But that's just because they're not lit well. Right. Right. Oh, yeah. I mean, it. It. it there's such an adjustment that ha- that happens right. to watch season one. You're like, okay, it's slow. Yeah. It's kind of like when you're watching something on YouTube and the internet's slow, and you got to reduce it to like 240. And you're like, oh. all right, I just don't want to watch this video. I'm just going to watch it on low quality, you know? Right, right, and right. so, like, we're not doing this 720 shit, girl. Mm-hmm. We're on 240. We're at 140 if you're lucky. Shit. Yeah. But um, you would, I adjusted. I adjusted. Yeah, no, yeah. I watched the whole season yeah. uh, twice-ish. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, uh, my 4th of July plans were cut short because of a fight with my mother. So. Oh. Yeah, Debbie. Oh, it's fine. Debbie. All right, Debbie. All right, Debbie. Ugh. Anyway. <laughs> Just our segment dedicated to all things Johnny's mother, the world of Johnny's mother, and the paradigm Johnny's mother has created oh with this little God. fight on I Fourth of July. that segment like a hole in the <laughs> Yeah, you know right. I've been living that segment for 33 years. <laughs> all right, Mary. All right. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, you know, this was we had the first mini challenge, the first photo shoot. Yeah. Mike Ruiz, who's still connected to RuPaul. Yeah, Mike Ruiz. You know, this whole um, segment... Um, it was so low quality. It was so uncomfortably bad. Yeah. Well, uh, the one thing I wanted to mention is because we went to LA. Very top model. It was. It, I felt like they were mocking top model, which I. Uh, this is which why I laughed out loud. Yeah. Um. Remember we went to LA a few years ago and th- we saw the we were there was that Hollywood museum we went to. Oh yeah. And it was that alleyway and we saw the world of wonder. Right. That's exactly. That's the, that's the alley. That's, that's what was right. back there. So I was like, I know where that is. But yeah. So they do this photo shoot in it. Like they, they've rented a car. They've got two pit crew members we never jump in a car. Um, They've got two pit crew members that we never see again um, in later seasons. It's none of the it's none of the later ones. Um, And you know they're doing this photo shoot where you know washing the car and they've got hoses and soap and all that stuff. And what I thought was really interesting, and I know they've done this later. You know they're they're sort of um, you know like season five they've got to they've got to jump in the tank of water and all that. But there's something about this in particular because it's season one and there's no precedent set that this mini challenge in the way that they all are just getting drenched in their entrance looks it it's a it's a destruction of the external drag mm. it's almost the way that boot camp works is we're right. going to break break di- you down we're oh, she baptized them that's what she yeah. says she's baptizing you guys yeah washing it, you clean it's such an interesting idea of like we're going to take off and we're going to break down like your external identity because we want to get to the internal identity. Right, right. We want to see you. Yeah. We don't want to see the performance. We want to see the artist mm-hmm. underneath this this beautiful woman. Yeah, and all of your makeup and your hair and your clothes, like all of them are vulnerable to this. Yeah, exactly. So we oh, want to see you shine through. Read. Absolutely. You know, because one of the things Mike Ruiz says is, I, like, he says, I want to see a connection to their aesthetic. Mm. And I never thought about that before, but that's that's exactly what it is. Yeah. Is show me who you are. Yeah, with everything melting off your face. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and so it's a really... So who did the best for you? You know, and none of them are really that bad. Um, I'm trying to think who the best was. I mean... Akasha was for Akasha me. Akasha was pretty great. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I can't remember. I mean, I, you know, I I don't know if it Tammy was the best. Tammy Brown? <laughs> yeah, oh, no, yes, yes. It was Tammy Brown. <laughs> 110% Tammy I Brown. I have no idea what to do. If I can find that picture online or I'll screen, I'll screen grab it and post it on Twitter, it is my aesthetic. <laughs> 
It is completely. It's it's what I would do if I was in drag. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, it's great. So then the challenge is right to to design. Yes. Well, I ju- I just before before we get to the challenge, I wanted to talk about the first de dragging. This is a tradition every season. Is the first time we see them all in boy drag. Um, and what I just wanted to mention was um, there is this. Uh, there's this interesting commentary that's going on in the workroom about, oh, I'd be a lesbian with her. I'd be a lesbian with her. There's this connection to the to the feminine identity or the female identity and this attachment to it. Mm. Like they can't, ch- like in season eight, they're like, oh, Layla McQueen's hot. Like there's, they become like just these, you know. Writer culture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like this, it's like to talk about finding another queen attractive, even out of drag, right. it's still the term of, oh, I'd be a lesbian with right, her. Right. There's just something kind of unrefined yeah, about that. Yeah, it's I sweet d- and unrefined. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's funny. But yes, the, the the challenge is the drag on a dime challenge. Right. Yes. Right. Um, what I loved about this, and when it we t- reminded me a lot of Project Runway. Well, I was going to say is Rue is really, I mean, especially in this first episode, you know, when he comes to see them in the workroom, he is really channeling Tim Gunn. Yeah, he is. He's helping them out. He's I love advice. it. Like, you know, Jade, we we got to see some better makeup from you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it it seems like he was figuring out his role. Yeah, uh, as either a judge or as like you know a curator as a yeah, well it's like Fairy Godfather Rue. Yeah, Fairy Godfather yeah. yeah, for sure. And it really is channeling and and you know taking it, off. It brings on that mother quality too. Yeah. But in later seasons, like Rue is not the mother. We don't ever see this again. Well, or we see less and less succeeded. of it. Yeah, we see less and less of it. And at this point now in season nine, we don't get any of the compassion and the and the understanding and the and the advice. That I mean, sometimes we do, right? We saw the advice with um, Adore Delano. We saw advice with Nina Bonina Brown. Yeah, it just it feels more removed. It feels more like, oh, this is this is a judge in the workroom, whereas this is like, you know, here's what I think you should focus on. There's there's a gentleness about I, in terms of the art, in terms of the challenge. Mm-hmm. I think that in later seasons, RuPaul has gotten very good and very well versed in how she talks to queens and their yeah. problems because I think she sees them. Well, and I because also... Because after a while, it, it's almost like, okay, I know I don't need to help you with your drag because you're going to do your drag. You're going to mm-hmm. get better. But I want to help you as a person. Like, I see the issue yeah. of why you're on the show and that's the story, right? Like, mm-hmm. that's what we want to see. There's less surprises tha- about the person and the story and the internal struggles um, in later seasons. They bring these queens on knowing yes. the stories they're going to be able to, like, produce. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it is really refreshing to see Rue with these girls um, yeah. and how he interacts with them. Uh, yeah, it's, he's very hands-on, isn't he? Like it's he's he, it seems like uh, this episode he's there every step of the way. He's there for the mini challenge. Yeah, he's there for the workroom, like giving them advice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um and and it's uh, it's only fair. There's no context, you know. These girls have n- they, they have no right. idea what to expect. Right, and I. I, I love it. I mean, it can't happen well, now. Well, they know what to kind of expect in the sense of, like, why f- maybe, they, maybe they've seen Project Runway. Like, they have a context. They have yeah, a paradigm. But not in a reality way competition. But there are queens who have been watching seasons of this show. They know exactly what they're getting into. They know, e- like, obviously. They crumble. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, and, and, of course, they say, like, it's, it's never what you expect. But, like, you it know. It probably isn't. I mean, I, I can't imagine how. Anyway. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, moving on. Uh, you want to talk about? I mean, I have we my. Could go right to the runway. I was going to say I have just a couple highlights and lowlights from the runway. Yeah, let's talk about the runway. I have to say, I mean, 
all seasons, Nina's look is one of my favorite looks of all seasons. It is. You know, it's uh, there was something so exciting about seeing the first runway. Yeah. And being like, oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. There weren't um, many talking heads to kind of ruin things. No. Even the commentary was very genuine. Like yeah. Like, it was live, and it wasn't written. Yeah. We, were, we, we just stayed in the room with them. Yeah. And in it the was hotel room. In the hotel room. Yeah, in conference room B. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah basement. Um, the James B something foam room <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah yeah sure yeah yeah, yeah you're gonna take the service elevator to get down there <laughs> um but yeah i mean there's i mean i am always excited about looks 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 but certainly this first runway it's like all right let's see what yeah. these queens do what they sewed what they made what they the just made with yeah. like shitty materials oh and i God, mean Nina, oh, Nina, Nina, yeah, i know Nina flowers just like I, it's not even good for season one it is such a cool fucking look yeah and they said that like from head to toe, like, I mean, she she is the clear winner of the yeah, challenge. Right. I, that to me, it, it is it like still even even looks like you know detoxes you know uh, robot from okay. All Stars oh, two. No, no. Yeah, I mean, you know, Katya's lesbian, uh, you know, oh, you love that. Yeah, Ellen Barkin realness, <laughs> you know, literary agent. This still is up there with those looks. What was the low one? I mean, Victoria, I think is it probably was kind of sad. It's right? probably one of the probably the worst look I've ever seen on the runway. I can't oh, think of. I a, don't know, Jiggly. I still think it's worse than Jiggly's. Oh my god! I think Jiggly's is. I mean, Derek Berry. I still. I mean, the fabric. I mean, I, I don't know, man. I think th- we'll have to kind of do a segment on that of like the, of the absolute worst runways the of the worst. series at some point. But this is pretty fucking bad. And I mean, the first thing Victoria says is, "Well, I hate my luck." <laughs> Well, but I mean, didn't wasn't she eating during it? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I love that. I love that. I was that. like, okay, girl, yeah, that. It's fine. Um, I felt like Angina was giving me baby chicken realness. <laughs> oh, baby chicken with oh, that like, that like wacky little walk. I love the wacky little walk. She was like, I, I just wanted to pick her up and wash my body. You yeah. Know what I'm oh, sure. No, 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 no. Like you know, I, it, this isn't a bad thing. It's just baby chicken realness is not negative. Yeah. Um, it, it there was. There was just something. There's something very lovable, of course, about Angina. I buy it. I'm I'm there for it. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Like um, I want to have a I want to have a drink with her. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. She's she's a you know. Yeah. I I she's a lot of fun on the runway, right. and that says something. Oh yeah. That's, that's important. Yeah. I, you know. I think of like Thorgy Thor. She's a lot right. of fun on the runway. You know. Yeah. Chichi Devane does that. Yeah. Too, right? Yeah. Audacious. Like there's a perf- there's a presentation. Right. Right. And I think that like I don't even. I don't even think about Angina's look. I just think about her presentation. Yeah. Oh, that's such a great point. Yeah. Yeah. That's such a great point is that her look is kind of second. Yeah. No. It, 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 and I think that actually says a lot about a queen. Yeah. That you're more focused on like. Oh, that's her. That's her. Oh, not, that's her. Oh, what is she wearing? Exactly. Oh, who's wearing it? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's, a, that's a sign of a star. Yeah. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I definitely want to comment on Chanel's um, perception. Like, the judges are probably thinking. Right, that's what she says. Immediately, Chanel comments on. It's it's a self saboteur moment. Right? Oh yeah. She comments on. She's like, well, they all think I'm, they all they all think that I think that I'm fabulous, so they're not going to give me any compliments. I mean, this is. It's the original Alexis Michelle yes. saying. I take that as a compliment. Right. Because, you know, I'm fierce competition. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. This is the original Alexis Michelle is this delusion that I, I'm sure the judges are thinking her confidence level is so high. We're not going to give her anything. Right. And it's like, well, I don't know about that, Chanel. Like, let's not. Um, But anyway, those were kind of, I mean, otherwise. You you touched upon the ones that I, I Vivi was, 
I can't believe BB made that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, BB looked great, and you know, Akasha, yeah, certainly twenty dollar hand job, um, which I don't know if that's a good rate or not, but um, I feel like you know, just a hand job for twenty bucks. Oh my god! I don't know. Um, Marys, if you're out there and you know the good rate of a hand job, yeah, please let Colin. Know. Let me know, right? Am I under? Am I undercharging? <laughs> I'm taking a handful of sticky nickels. Oh man! All right. Ugh. Oh, with those mitts. <laughs> oh yeah, these bear claws. <laughs> Jesus. Um. So so yeah. So that's the episode. Obviously, ooh, the lip sync happens. The first lip sync, it's and of course, for budget reasons, we have RuPaul's yeah. work supermodel. I mean, it's crazy because it's the it's both the first lip sync and the last lip sync of the season. Yeah. Yeah. And it's. I mean. Victoria doesn't even like lip sync most of the time. Yeah, it, no, you're right. And and they don't even really show. I mean, it's really of the episode we're talking about, like quick cuts and whatnot. Like they're like, it, things move pretty slowly until the lip sync, where they just kept cutting and cutting because I think they just yeah, didn't they have didn't much to show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or maybe it was the, their first time filming something like that. And maybe you know they didn't really know how they were going to do it. There could have been a lot of rookie things that we saw. There were just a lot of elements this lip sync that I felt like I wasn't supposed to see it. You know oh, what I mean? Yeah. You know, I'm not so proud to see I it. was no I'm one was so proud to see <laughs> no, exactly. You know, like Victoria stumbles and falls over at one point. Like <laughs> it's the only part that's great is is like when a so the, the reason I mean she was going to win anyway, but like Akasha kind of gives some face like you better work. Right, like right, she kind of right. at the they end found that she yeah, she yeah, found they it, they found, found it. They're like, yeah, "Okay, let's okay, use that." Yeah. Well, and they kind of have like they do cut to Victoria finally mouthing the words of like i just have one thing to say right right because um, she, she finally started saying oh it's a lip sync oh you don't mean to just <laughs> spin around like when yeah. you watch later episodes you're like oh okay yeah. everybody figured it out yeah. you know right. um but yeah it's uh it's a rough lip sync in both in editing and performance this you know the whole season's a little rough in general you know mm -hmm. i hope moving forward colin as we talk about the seasons or this season uh, and for our Marys listening, we're not going to necessarily recap. I think we spent a lot of time kind of setting up the queens, mm -hmm. but there's a lot of themes that we want to talk about and relating it to other seasons. Yeah, that I think is is worth our time. But it's important to get to know these queens because we haven't seen these queens in years. Yeah. Um. So we hope that the uh, the in depth kind of discussion of each queen um, was helpful for for you uh, as you move on with the season. But again. You don't necessarily need to be watching season one um, right. to totally appreciate this. I think it will certainly help. Um, and there are things, I mean, the first episode, there isn't really much that happens. Right. You know, right. it really is about just like, let's all just get oriented. Let's all just kind of get a sense of where Boys we are. are yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, well, how's this all going to work? But like, th certainly things happen. Yeah, Maybe. there weren't even many sound bites. I mean, I don't even know if we have any sound bites to share from this episode. Yeah. Um. So we're sorry about that. But yeah, there's not much. Yeah, but there are there are certainly. I think what we really see this first episode we see, we see the players and and sort of the structure established, and then as we get into the next episode and the next few episodes, that's when we start to see some of these themes really show up. Right. And so it's um I'm I'm. I'm really excited, I'm especially as we get later into the season. There are, there are elements I just can't wait to start talking about, especially about Rebecca. I just yeah. think, like, it's, it is, as I said before, and I'll I'm say it again. I'm excited to talk about Chanel and Angina the most. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, Angina's story is uh, absolutely amazing. Yeah, Angina's, and I, yeah, I just, the, the, the original Long Con. Jade. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, 
it's it's certainly a different season. I mean, just I mean, for those that know, Angina comes out as HIV positive mm-hmm. on the show, and just comparing that moment to uh, Trinity Trini K. K. Bonet. K. Bonet. yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. It is so one. It's so different, and it's. Um, but there is, I mean, there is an element of coming out, right? Mm-hmm. In every season, it seems like there's an element of something coming out, right? Something coming to the surface. Peppermint, right? Um, right. In that sense, but uh, this one was. Well, this, I, and I think you know, I remember reading uh, a review of Drag Race early on, you know, and and talking about that moment, and just, and it for I think it was, it was kind of like that was the moment where people were realized, like, oh, this is something different. This is doing something right. Project Runway could never do. Yes. And so, like, it, it deserves that merit, and it is really powerful. So, yeah. like, it, it doesn't it doesn't diminish in quality. Right. Here's I mean, I to to uh, yeah, there was a, a season with Mondo. Oh, that right. That made me cry. Yeah. When no. he was explaining I- the symbolism of his pants. Yeah. I and I, I a plus sign. Was that that was that after the drag race or before? It was after. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 I forgot about that. That was uh, really powerful. Really. Yeah really fucking powerful yeah yeah oh god that's an interesting illusion yeah um okay so that was season one pilot one episode one okay mary all right mary uh, thanks for listening um is there anything that you have uh anything else that we should discuss well um, since we're all you me reddit squirrel friends we're all in the off season right now squirrel yeah. friends is recapping season four right now that's right i started listening to their podcast today yeah and uh, i love their commentary on dita ritz and those legs and then the ass mm, yeah <laughs> i particularly love their commentary on chad michaels because it was very validating chad michaels is such a cringy queen yeah she yeah. is so yeah it's like the next door neighbor where you're like Stop it. it. It's so Aunt Sassy. Yes, it is Aunt Sassy. It's Aunt Sassy. Yeah. That's yeah. right. And it's, I mean, even like in the first. Give her another take. Give her another take. I mean, even when, like, there's a moment when they, when they're all in the workroom and she's like, all right, so am I, am I the oldest bitch in the cut? I'm like, why are you talking that way? Nobody talks that way. You don't have to say that. You can just <laughs> say, am I the oldest one here? Like, but uh, I think they referenced a, a cringy moment later. I'm trying to remember what it was. Um, but, uh, it, it's just it, it I just I was like snapping you know of course I'm always listening in the shower that's when I listen to these podcasts and I was just like standing in the shower snapping I was like yes thank you she is so cringy and it is even worse in all stars too or all stars you know with all her Hunger right. Games references right right but there is an element and I wonder oh the other thing that they also commented on which I appreciated was the whole like zombie thing um when they when the queens because the queens have to go like gather all these like I didn't finish listening to the podcast. Oh, okay. Well, you know from the the episode that there's this whole element. Oh, of the, with like past queens, past and queens, zombies. and they're all zombies, and and you know they're all kind of being like like Milan's like you know black people when they see zombies they run. It's like but you're not actually seeing zombies, and and they of course reference what we always reference is. Coco oh, on the oh, bus. Right, it's right, like right, nobody's right. waving back at you in Hollywood. <laughs> that was Joan Van Ark in front of a green life. screen. Yeah. yeah, celebrities waving back at me. It's a dream come true. <laughs> and and there's an element of season four. I like season four a lot. There's obviously Oh my god. The lip sync. There is there are the two lip syncs for me. Yeah, my two favorite lip syncs are in season four. Uh, obviously this will oh, be Latrice. and and Latrice natural woman so it, it's a great season Sharon's a great queen and Willem oh, Willem is an Willem. iconic character yeah. you know but great talking head there's something about that season that I am 
always on the edge of cringe about. And I don't know what it is. And I wonder if that will be, I wonder if that will come up again. I mean, it did start the self-producing thing. Maybe right? we, that's. We did start to see more self-producers in season four. So I'd love it if, uh, as Squirrel Friends are recapping season four, if they f- feel any self-producing that they point that out like yeah yeah that's or just you know more even producing on the on you know behind the scenes there's there there's a sense of production in season four that isn't happening in season three right you know even that the that fake zombie thing they weren't doing that season three season three is so much more what is that sound oh it's raining out oh it's raining air conditioner oh work um like seasons one two and three have that kind of project runway your like early seasons quality yeah whereas season four then it starts to get a little kitschy you know yeah i uh, yes it seemed um it's almost as if the camp expired Mm -hmm. because all of a sudden they were no longer aware of it they were too aware of it right right Right? something happens no longer um funny because they were laughing too. Right, right. Yeah, something happens with season four. And while it's a season that I really love and admire, I sometimes have a hard time watching it. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. In a way that, like, season six, I don't have a hard time. Uh, like, something happens. Is so fucking Something good. happens in season four and five that I'm not as excited to watch it as I am, like, a season six. Okay. You know? Um, and I don't know what it is, but uh, I, I'm excited to kind of follow along with Nick and Amanda and see what they uncover this season. Yes, girlfriends, honka honka, honka honka. Uh, we hear you, <laughs> honka honka. Oh, for sure, for sure. Um, so anyway, Marys, if you have any thoughts on season one, season two, season three, season four, season five, blah, 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 or you just want to send us some love, uh, please do so at All Right Mary on Twitter or at allrightmarypodcasts at gmail.com. You can send us an email uh, and we will gladly um, respond to you. I'm sending level. Uh, yeah. So please uh, send us send us some love. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah. And, you know, another way we could hear from you and a lot of other people could hear from you is by review on iTunes. And especially people love, people love five-star reviews. They love reading them. So, so, if you want to have people get in their lives like Coco on a bus, waving at Joan Van Ark and Bob Mackie and uh, Aubrey O'Day, etc. and so forth, it's a dream come true. <laughs> you can just leave five stars in a glorious glowing review and oh. it'll happen. Oh. oh, big shout out to Shane, by the way. Sister Mary Shane. Hmm. Um, Colin, I have to give you... Uh, your pen, your magnet, and your book. Yeah, she kind of created like All Right Mary merch yeah. for us. Oh my god, it's so fabulous. We'll tweet pictures of it. Uh, um, yeah. All the way from Amsterdam. Yeah, so. yeah, that was super sweet. So thank you, Sister Mary yeah, Shane. I, I yeah, the, my official new All Right Mary note-taking material. I, I claim the one that says a little BDBD. Oh, I assumed. Because the <laughs> other one is, the, the other one says Barbara, please on it, yes, right? Yeah, no, yours. I assumed. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, Barbara, please. Barbara, please. Please, Barbara. Leave, Leave us alone. Um, it's my drag name. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's right. Um, so anyway, cool. Um, there's no Last Chance Lip Sync this week. No. Do I do want to say thank you, everyone, for the love for the Last Chance Lip Sync we picked yes, last week. I, I was not sure that was sort of a Sasha Valor choice. I didn't think people would go for it. And we got a lot of comments on that, as it is one of my favorite songs. I'm so glad there's other fans out there. So, uh, honka honka. <laughs> no, I'm using that for everything now. <laughs> if it works, squeeze it. Anyway, uh, that is all from us. And uh, we will talk to you next week for another episode of All Right, Mary. And until then, all I have left to say is uh, bye.
Hagen. Mm. <laughs>